Great to be here. I bring you greetings from Laplace, which means the place of the rising, rushing river. Uh, Marvelous Mary really regrets not being here today. Uh, she uh, had to stay in. We had a little family storm we're in right now with a daughter and a grandson. So she's holding down the fort. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that she's home now. Uh, the worship team, uh, most excellent. Uh, I, I just uh, enjoy the worship. Stephen and Jennifer are a dynamic duo, <laughs> along with the rest of the team. Uh, I just wish Jennifer would get more excited. <laughs> I turned to Marco and to, to Pastor Keith and Kelly, and I said, every church needs a Jennifer. Now, if you're religious, you don't like her. And if you got demons, you don't like her. Because she, she scares demons, and she upsets religious people. So if you're negative toward her, you got an issue in you. It's not in her. I promise you that. Heaven's excited about high praise and high worship. And he's excited about people confronting things. And uh, Chris is up there running the sound and the projector. And Chris, I just want to let you know I'm not going to hammer you today like I did yesterday. I, I apologize for that. I just, uh, I, I'm a sound man's worst nightmare. And, uh, and I gave him a hard time, but he loves me and he forgave me. And so that's a good thing. So uh, I want to honor Pastor Keith and Kelly, 2006, 17 years of relationship. And I know them. And if you're critical about them, you're off, you're off the off the plantation, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if you're critical toward them, you got an issue with God, not with them. And I know them. They're two great hearts. They're faithful and they're true. And uh, so don't listen to the critical critters. You've got them in every church. You've got gossipers in every church. And if you're one of them, gossipers aren't going to heaven. So if you don't stop your gossiping, you probably won't go to heaven. Anybody say amen. amen. Bitter people aren't going to heaven. So you got to get rid of your bitterness on this side because the next side won't receive you. So I don't believe that. I don't, I don't give a, well, I don't give a heaven what you believe, but I'm just telling you the truth. And, and I'm 83, so I can say what I want as long as it's scriptural. But I love and honor them. And I, honor means I hold them in high esteem. I highly value them. And 1 Timothy 5, 17, let the elders who rule well, and they rule well, along with Forrest and Curtis and other men here, worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And so I just want to give you double honor. I don't know how to do that, but say that and tell you that. I just love you. Let's stand and give them double honor. Give them double honor. Hallelujah. God is great. God is good. God will make you feel like you should. Uh, my recent book, I'm just going to do a quick commercial. And I don't, I don't, my income doesn't come from these books. I give as much away almost as I sell. The Healing of the Broken Heart. Uh, Jesus is the healer, and I honor the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit's the anointing of all the healing. And I honor his presence here. Holy Spirit, I love you. I honor 
worship you, and we depend on you today to do a great work here. And so let's just love the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. And he is the healer of the shattered heart. If your heart's never been shattered, I'm going to give you a prophetic, no, I'm going to give you a common sense word. Your heart is going to get shattered eventually. Someone you love is going to die. Someone you love dearly. Some kind of pain and suffering is going to come in your life. I said, shared yesterday, we're not living in heaven. We're on planet earth. We're living in enemy territory, but it won't be long before heaven comes to earth in Jesus' name. So, so just, just prepare yourself for those shattering days by living in the word, living and depending on the Holy Spirit. So when the storms come, you won't get, you won't get destroyed. You won't, get, you won't question God, but rather in the hard times, you'll worship him and love him and thank you for grace to overcome. I shared yesterday, Mary and I have been in enough storms to sink five Titanics, but we're still standing we're still serving, we're still shouting, and we're still running this celestial race, and we're both going to finish strong. And whatever the enemy throws at us, God's greater than the enemy. I shared yesterday, there's no trial that God's grace cannot match. There's no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper, Corey Ten Boone. So today, Holy Spirit, we depend on you. We lean into you. We thank you for your help. But if you're going through something, this book will help you. It's written out of experience. It's written out of an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe it's the Bible. It's not infallible, but it has an anointing in it, and uh, I encourage you to get it. And uh, I, I just want to also remind you of my marriage book, Marriage Not Here, but we've been married 63 years, and uh, she's not here, so I can say this. I married her when she was 11, and I was 12. We had a young marriage. And uh, she'd be here, she'd be shaking her head, and then, then she'd tell the Rod, you don't need to say things like that. She tells me this all the time. Someone's going to believe you out there, and I want you to stop doing that, Rod. I said, yes, ma'am, but I, I don't. I don't. I got to obey the Holy Spirit when I say these things. <laughs> but um, the first chapter of this book is communications. If you don't have good communications in your marriage, you don't have a marriage. It's just simply on paper. It's, it's not living. It's not loving. And men, if you're not a good listener, then you're not a lover. A listener is a lover, and a lover is a listener. Your wife wants your, your heart ear more than anything in your life. She wants you to listen what she's saying. If you'll be a good listener, I can look at a man's wife and pretty well tell where he's at with her. If she's smiling and she's got a little joy on her, then she's got a good husband. If she's got a frown and she's not happy, then she's a reflection usually, not always, but of the husband. But talking about communications, I, uh, Mark, I want you to stand up. He's, he's my armor bearer. He's my spiritual son. And just turn around and look at him. <laughs> if, you, if you try to touch me with your demon... This is what's going to meet you head on. <laughs> so he comes with me, he helps me teach, he helps me prophesy, and, and he's my armor bearer, and he loves me like a spiritual father, and I love him as a spiritual son. So don't come at me too quick. <laughs> Just walk slow when he's around. Thank you, Marco. You're a great heart. You married a beautiful wife. <laughs> I tell you, uh, 
Beautiful women marry ugly men. <laughs> Brother Keith and Kelly. And, and I look at Steve and Sandy. If you look around a little bit and you understand Mary. Look at Mary and look at me with my big ears, no hair. And, uh, but anyway, I, I heard an interesting story about communications in a, in a marriage. A lady went to a lawyer uh, and said to the lawyer, my husband wants to divorce me. And the lawyer said, does he have any grounds? She said, yeah, he has 24 acres. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Does he have a grudge? No, I think we have a carport. <laughs> said, lady, he, he, his brow was wrinkling a little bit and said, no, no, no. Does he beat you up? No, I get up before him in the morning. <laughs> and he said, lady, what is the problem? He says, I can't communicate. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but anyway, uh, God's great, God's good. I'm laughing at my own joke. Uh, I just want to say another thing. In much sorrow, there's joy. You might be in sorrow today, but there may be weeping for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Because that's the work of the the Holy Spirit. I got one word from heaven, and it's up there, and I'm going there. It's trust him. Trust him. You're going to hear that throughout the whole message. And that's where I'm at. I'm just simply trusting him. I've quit trying to, I think I have, I've quit trying to figure it all out. And if you're trying to figure everything out that's going wrong, stop. And allow the Holy Spirit today to impregnate you with trust. Uh, and I'm going to try to explain trust to you the best as I can. I go back to Job to learn a beginning lesson of trust. And on the, on the uh, projector on the screen, it says, trust God when it doesn't make sense. You hear that? Sometimes life just doesn't make sense. There's some things you will never understand on this side of heaven, but you're going to have to trust him. I just want to remind you about Job, what God said about him. And just because you're in a storm does not mean that God's not with you. He's never been more with you than in the midst of your sorrow and your storm. You may not feel that, but I'm telling you that's the truth. And he said of Job, Job, these words tell me that he did not invite his sorrow by his character. He said, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth. He's a blameless man, upright, one who fears God, and he rejects evil. Yet suddenly, I like the suddenlies sometimes. I don't like the suddenlies all the time. And I know Job didn't like this suddenly. In fact, what happened, and I'm going to read it in just a minute, no doubt that Job was stunned by this suddenly, and he was broken. But instead of asking God why, 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 uh, he decided to trust him. And we're going to see that in the Word. And I'm turning over to Job chapter 1, and I'm just going to give one, one part of his storm. 
one part of his tragedy. And uh, the servant came and said, they stole your camels, they took your wealth, they killed your servants, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came. Bad news, then more bad news. He said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly, there it is, suddenly. Sometimes I like the suddenness. Sometimes I don't like them. In everybody's life, a little rain's going to fall, and it's going to be a sudden thunderstorm that'll come your way. And, and, and uh, it struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they're dead. Ten. Ten children dead. Suddenly. And in the midst of tragedy, death, and loss, he did this in verse 20. Then Job arose. Of course, he grieved. And it's proper to grieve. It's proper to weep. It's proper to mourn when you're going through something. He, he tore his robe and shaved his head and, and he fell to the ground and, and he worshiped. I want you to hear that. In the midst of his tragedy, he worshiped. Come on, Holy Spirit, help us. In the midst of our tragedies and our sorrows because they're coming. Help us to worship you and never charge you concerning our setbacks. And he said, I like what he said. It's an expression of trust. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. And what a statement. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a declaration of trust. You may have lost your spouse. You may have lost a child. You may, I just lost my oldest brother. The same day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, my brother, oldest brother died. I rejoiced and I wept over Roe v. Wade being turned down because I've laid my life down for the unborn children. And then I rejoiced in my brother that he died in the hands of God. God gave my, me my brother and he took my brother and in Jesus' name. And so what, what a mixture of emotions when things happen in your life that's heartbreaking. Can you say amen? amen? And then verse 22, in all this, Job did not sin, nor did he charge God with wrong. And I'm glad to say this. I'm proud to say this, that at my daughter's funeral, at her death at 43, Mary always corrects me. I, I think it's either 42. Uh, do you remember her, see, you're not the help that Mary is. And you don't look like her either. And I don't sleep with him either. I ain't going to sleep with a man. I just I ain't, gonna, I ain't going there. He said, you going you gonna to sleep in the same room? I said, no, I don't sleep with a dude. And I only sleep with one woman. Her name is Marvis Mary. I'm a one-woman man. Uh, but this message, but anyway, we worshiped him on the day of her funeral. This message was born on a 12-mile bridge. Did you ever hear of the 12-mile bridge between Laplace and Kenner? It's the most, more wrecks on that bridge than any bridge. You've got a curse on that bridge. I just hadn't been able to break it. I just don't go down it, usually. But this day, I was going down it. 
And I remember the day, it was in 88, it was a dark and very cloudy day, and a, drew, a, a, a dreary day, and Mary and I were down, and we had a cloud over us, because my daughter Lynn had her first nervous breakdown at 22, and we were headed to Oshner Mental Ward to see her. And I don't like to go there. I got to go there. But I have joy, okay? Uh, I have, I'm tender, but I got joy. And uh, re on the radio, Dr. Dobson, anybody ever hear of Dr. Dobson? Uh, what a great man of God. There's so many Baptist men that have been great men of God. Billy Graham and Dobson. The, the, I was a Baptist, born Baptist, bred Baptist, dead. But, but uh, out of that work has come a lot of great men of God. And uh, he was saying, this message is for someone who's desperate. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Mary and I perked up. We're desperate. And uh, so this is Dr. E.V. Hill. Anybody here remember Dr. E.V. Hill? One of the greatest black Baptist preachers that ever lived. Probably one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. Look up E.V. Hill and look up some of his old messages. This powerful word of God went through that man. He was preaching his wife's funeral, and her name was Baby. Baby. Some of you recall that. And he played the message of him preaching her funeral. And I tried to record it on video and play it at a church, but there was so much shouting you couldn't hear what he was saying hardly. So I gleaned a little bit of the message to share with you, and I'm going to read and, and share with you what he was saying at his wife's funeral while he was preaching. Baby's illness became serious, and her doctors in private conference said that they did all they could do. My doctor, who's here today, with his tears apologetically said to me, there's nothing else we can do. She had cancer of the liver. I said, thank you. He said, thank you. You are a practicing physician. You practice the best you can. He said, after that, I went to the ch chapel, and I said to God, God, I want to talk to you. Have you ever been there? I want to talk to you. And I want you to permit me to speak to you. As I am. I'm an ignorant man. All I am is a messenger boy, by the way. There's nothing important about me. Holy Spirit is who's important in Jesus' name. I'm an ignorant man, and I don't know how to talk to you because you're God. He said, I talked to mayors. I can talk. I talked to God. He's talked to presidents. He was well known in all the political circles because he had so much influence. He said, I've talked to several of them, but you're God. I said to God, I want her back. And you're able to do a miracle. I mean, God's able to do a miracle. Yes, he is. And I got up. Two simple words came to me. Trust me. I quickly concluded that trust me meant that he was going to heal her and take away, touch the liver, and make the tumor disappear. But the spirit did not say that. The spirit said, trust me. I said in an argument, you said, trust me. What is there to trust if you're not going to heal her? 
my interpretation, I argued with the spirit. You said, trust me, means you're going to touch her liver and make the cancer disappear. But the spirit said, that's not what I meant. I meant trust me. Trust me, even with baby out of your sight. Then I said, I have to go to my study and I have to read over what God does, what God does with those he takes. What happens to them when the Lord takes them? What happens to the people that the Lord does not heal? He doesn't heal everybody. You may be aware of that. If you're not, you need to wake up. He does not heal everybody. I wish he did. What happens to Christians who die and, re and leave their remains? I had to trust him even more intelligent. You need to trust God with the, and know what the word of God says about him to be able to trust him. So I read, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. I read in another place that they who are absent from the body are present with the Lord. Isn't that great news? The Lord said, you can't see them, you can't hear them, you can't hug them, but you can trust me. Trust me. This corruption must be taken off in order that the incorruptible might be taken on. Flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You've got to trust me, Hill, because I didn't come for you. I came for her. God didn't come for me. He came for Lynn. This mortal must put on immortality. Death must be swallowed up. Trust me. The Bible says that the devil doesn't have the keys of hell and death. Jesus has the keys of hell and death. Can you say amen? amen. So trust me. The Bible says that in this world nothing can be compared to my glory. Eye has not seen nor ear has heard the things that God has prepared for them that trust him. That's where it's at. That's where faith is at. You've got to learn how to trust him when nothing seems to be going right. I said, trust me. You just wait, E.B. Hill, until you see her again. <laughs> just wait until you see her again. Trust me. Now, I don't know where you're at today in your life. I don't know what kind of sorrows you're going through. I don't know what kind of setbacks you're going through. But I'm telling you, you're going to have to trust him in the midst of it. When hell blows and demons screams, you're just going to have to trust him with all your heart and not lean to your own understanding or you're not going to do well. The devil will blow your head completely off. Devil's come after my head. Thank God he don't judge. God don't judge us according to our head. He judges us according to our hearts. But devil has come after my head more than once, but I never let him take my head. Can you say amen? My head's not always just right, but my heart's always right, and my heart always wins the day if I feel my heart. I feel my heart. I fill my heart with Holy Spirit and Word of God. I love you, Brother Keith, Hodges, Kelly. They're just so special to me. Keith is like a daughter, another daughter. And Alabama, whoever thought a Cajun would have an Alabama daughter? Then her daughters are like my granddaughters. They call me Papa Rod. And, and, and Levi, congratulations, he calls me Papa Rod. He came up 
yesterday in my room just to see me to tell me about his engagement to this beautiful young lady because he loves me like a grandfather. Now, that doesn't take away from you at all. This is a spiritual thing, and it's spiritual with you, but this, they love you deeply, and I'm not stealing your place whatsoever. The next slide, Chris. You're doing great today. Of course, this is the second slide. <laughs> you weren't here yesterday, most of you. It, it was a knockdown drag out up there with him. But he's a great man. Chris is a great guy. I don't care what the devil says. I'm a little tender today. You can see that. And I'm not ashamed of being tender. I'm not a sissy. But uh, I'm going through a major storm with a daughter now and a grandson. But I'm, I'm not going there. I'm here for you. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. But you are here for me. Second Corinthians. And I like, I like this word. I believe Holy Spirit gave me. Trust the bedrock of all faith. Well, you say, Brother Rod, I need to know what trust means. If, that, if that's true, it's true. It's the bedrock of all faith. And I'm going to help maybe open your understanding a little bit today to understand what trust means, that you can learn how to walk in it and live in it. Because the day is coming, that's all you're going to have. You're not going to be able to pray. You're not going to be able to believe. You're not going to be able to think. But you're going to be able to trust him. In the midst of it. I feel the anointing here. Amen. But you know why the anointing is here so prevalent? The elders have plowed well. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, it's, Paul is talking about a place of trouble. A hard place. A place of difficulty and desperation. Is anybody here today? in a place of difficulty and edging on desperation. Anybody here like that? I just want to see your hands. Good, we're going to have an altar of trust here at the end, and the Holy Spirit's going to minister to you. And, and uh, if you're not there today, it's coming. So I don't receive that. I don't care what you don't receive. I'm telling you, it's coming. God does his deepest work in your place of trouble. For we do not want to have, well, I want to read that from the Passion. Anybody, I love the Passion. Anybody ever read from the Passion Translation? If you don't have one, I'd encourage you to get one. It'll help expand the word on you a little bit. And, and it's, it, it, it's pretty close to the original. Brothers and sisters, and that's what you are, Alabama Crimson Tide, brothers and sisters, the LSU beat the snot out of y'all. Brothers and sisters, two points. Just remember that word, two points. For the rest of your life, let two points be buried in your mind. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials. He didn't say little. He said severe trial. You ever been in a severe trial? If you've never been in one, one's coming. That's reality. We experienced while we were in western Turkey, all of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure this is the apostle speaking. And we were so completely overwhelmed, we were about to give up entirely. 
I've been close to that, but apparently he was in a much more desperate place than I've been in. But he said, crushed us beyond an ability to endure. I've been in a lot of places of pain and suffering, and I've been in places beyond human strength. Have you ever, you ever been in a place beyond your human strength where your wind's been knocked out? Have you ever been there? Yes. If you've never been there, you, it's a coming your way. Yes. Yes. So I don't receive that. Again, you, you, you don't have to receive it, but just get ready for it. The storms are coming in all our lives. Some are minor storms. Some are like Hurricane Ida May that hit us. 140-mile gust wind blew our elementary building down. Those kind of storms do come. Then he said, I despaired even of life. I was confused and exhausted. That's what he's saying. Uh, and, and sometimes we'll say, where's God at in this thing? Uh, in the initial part with Lynn's, we, we were questioning God for just a minute, and then we, we stopped questioning him, and he began to speak to us. And I tell you, when you're in the midst of your storm, trust him, but inquire of him. Inquire of him. And he'll speak to you. Yes, he will. Holy Spirit loves you. And he wants to talk to you about what's going on. Oppressed, that means, oppressed means I'm, I'm laid low. And some of you today are being laid low by the powers of darkness and the circumstances of your life. And, and then, then I, I read from the Passion again. Verse 9, and I'm, I'm hurrying. I felt like that we had the death of sentence written upon our hearts. We still feel it. We feel it. We feel it to this day. When you go through a major storm, you're still going to feel it. Years later, you're going to feel it. Not that you're in it, but you're going to feel the effects of it. And it, had, it has taught us to lose all faith in ourselves. That's a good place. It's not a sweet spot for you. It's a good place. Lose all faith and place all our trust in God, who even raises the dead. Yeah, that's good preaching. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm preaching good right now. Some of you don't like it, but if I'm coming against your theology, trust me, I'm 83. I, know, I might know a little bit more theology than you, maybe just a teeny bit here because I've experienced. So uh, you've got to trust me. Uh, Verse 9, I'm reading from the King James now. Yes, we had this sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but trust in God who raises the dead. Trust in God who's omnipotent. Trust in God who has all power. Trust in God who has all knowledge. Trust in God who loves you with all of his heart. You've got to learn how to trust him. That's what you're going to have to do. Trust him. Trust him. Verse 10 says he delivers us. He delivers us from so great a death, and he does deliver us. He keeps on delivering us. That's what it means. It's a, it's a present tense. He keeps on delivering. He keeps on delivering Rod and Mary Aguilar because the storms in our life just don't stop. We're on the cutting edge of what God's doing, so the enemy counterattacks us almost continually. My granddaughter said the other day, said, I don't know why you'll stay in all these storms. Well, I know why we're staying all these storms because we're making a mark for the kingdom of God. We're moving forward, and the enemy is not taking it lightly. Let me hurry. You got to trust him. The worst day of my life, uh, there's been several worst days. I, it's hard to compare worst days with worst days. And, and 
There's been some best days. I want to say there's been more best days than worst days. Can you say amen? amen. But when I walked in my house in the, the December of 2008 and that suicide note was looking at me and said, uh, uh, Jesus, please forgive me, and I love all of you. That was her last words to us. And uh, then I found her body in my bedroom. She found my pistol. But I tell you, when the, when the suicide's a demon, let me tell you, it's a demon. It's a voice that comes, take this is the way out, take it. Don't listen to that voice. That's a voice of hell coming. That voice of hell came to her, and she took it and took her life. But when she took her life, God took her. Devil killed her, but God took her. God gave and God took. God gave her to me and God took her. God took her. You say, well, suicide people don't go to heaven. You can go to you can go to Hades on that one. God don't judge the head, He judges the heart. She had a messed up mind, but had a beautiful, great heart that loved people. And, and so so she's in heaven right now and she's waiting for her daddy. I said she's waiting for her daddy. Yes, yes. Yes. God said life. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. I mean, you know, I, I love the Holy Spirit. And you got to love him and commune with him. Then he will speak to you if you'll take time out to be with him. And every morning I take out the first two, three. You can't do that. You're working. But the first 30 minutes of every morning, you should take time out to know him, to seek him, to, to sit, to soak, to seek, and, and to receive the word of the Lord, and I began to seek him the week after death, and God spoke to me. Holy Spirit said to me in, sec, in Micah 7, 9, I will take up your case, and I will revenge you for all that you suffered. I will revenge you for all that you suffered. And he did. He did. He did. Three lens houses. Three lens houses, all paid for. Women broken. Women come, coming off suicide beds. Women that have no hope. Women that are broken like my Lynn was broken. Women that come and every time one comes, it's not Lynn coming. But it's like Lynn coming back to me. And we minister to them and the turkeys become eagles in Jesus' name. What the enemy meant for my destruction, God has turned it for my justice. Can you say amen? That's who we serve. That's who we serve. That's who we serve. What time we have to finish? Just in a few minutes. Yeah, trust him. Trust him. The place of trust. You know it, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mean, trust means to entrust, means to commit to God with full confidence. It means to know him. you got to know him to trust him. And I happen to know him some. I need to know him more. But he's awesome, and he's almighty, and he can do anything. And he's brilliant, and he's beautiful. He's brilliant in his glory, and he's beautiful in his holiness. He's caring, and he's compassionate. He cares about everything that bothers you and everything that hurts you. He cares. He watches you when you sleep. He watches you when you wake up. He watches you when you talk. He watches you when you smile. He watches you when you cry. He watches you when you're hurting. He's your, he's your father. He's the Holy Spirit with you. He's comforting you in Jesus' name. And he has dominion. He has dominion. He, 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 do, he, just, he just doesn't have dominion. He is dominion. He has the last word on everything. And he's from everlasting to everlasting. He is your father in heaven. And he sees and he cares and he knows and he comes to deliver you. He comes to tell you, I'm starting to snot. He comes to tell you that everything is going to be all right in Jesus' name. That's who he is. And so I just want to tell you that we can trust him. 
and, and, and we can't lean. So don't lean to your own stinking thinking. Quit trying to figure it all out. I try to figure a lot of, I'm a Jacob. I try to figure things out too much. But that night of her death, I remember Mike Merricks, my son-in-law, my angel's a great guy. He's our administrator at our, my home church. And he came in, he came in, <laughs> he rushed in, and he said, he said, no. And I said, yeah, no, I agreed, no. This should have never happened, but it did. Our coach came, our basketball coach came and said, Rod, you don't deserve this. I said, yeah, I don't. But I'm going to have to trust him in the midst of it. 22 years, we fought for her life, and we lost her. But it wouldn't cut, and I wasn't a good daddy. It wouldn't because we didn't press in. Some things I don't understand. The only thing the Holy Spirit spoke to me, she was a casualty of war. That's all I ever heard from him. I guess that's enough, right? I've learned this in my 54 years of 55 in the kingdom. I've learned Holy Spirit does his deepest work in our pain. Amen. Hear what I'm saying. You may not agree with this in your theology, but I'm telling you, you're going to experience this. He does his deepest work. C.S. Lewis says he whispers in our pleasure, but he shouts in our pain. Yes, he does. Therefore, in your problems and pressures, you're going to have to trust him, and you're going to have to lean in him. Uh, Chris, uh, drinking. We're going to take a drink together, you and I. We got a bottle of wine getting ready to be passed out. I'm, I'm drinking from my saucer today. More volume. Just a quick sea line. I'm going to close. I'm rich. I love you, Jesus. I'm drinking from my saucer right now. I love you all. Good journey. Tough days, but a good journey. Cups overflowing. I'm drinking from the saucer. I want you to see that. More volume. Got a friend in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I thank God for you too. You're a blessing. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Breaking from my saucer.
cup has overflowed. You can, my cup's overflowing. I'm in a storm, but I'm, I'm trusting. I'm trusting. Trusting. The Lord's doing a new thing in your life. Everything is becoming new. Come down just a little bit. The rain's about to stop. The rainbow's about to be born. The Holy Spirit said he loves you. He loves your heart. You've got a great heart. Love him. Serve him. Love people. And so the turnaround is happening. Come down just a little bit. Put on how great thou art. I'm closing. How great thou art. Dr. Hudson Taylor. Come down just a little bit. Dr. Hudson Taylor. Anybody ever hear of him? Physician from England, 22 years old. Come down a little bit with the, the music. He, he uh, had a call from God to go to China. People, heathen, he never saw. He left a flourishing practice to get on a boat to go to China. I think it was in 1853. And he obeyed the call and he paid a price. He paid a price sometimes. He buried his wife. He buried two children on the China field. That's a pretty heavy price. Then the Boxer Rebellion broke out in 1904 or 1900. He was itinerating in England. He had hundreds of missionaries by this time on the field. The peasants began to blame the Christians for their poverty and began to murder them. He had 79 missionaries murdered by his team while he was in England. The news came to him. When it hit him, he said, I can't think. I can't pray. I can't believe. But I can trust him. Though he slay me, I will trust him. Trust declares that all things are working for my good. The bad things, the sad things, the glad things. Everything is working for Rod Aguilar's good. And Mary, we don't like it sometimes, but we know deep down it's working and God rules and God controls in Jesus' name. Trust means I'm not stopping. I don't care what it looks like, it feels like, I'm just not going to stop. I don't care what hits me, I don't care what hurts me. I'm not giving in, I'm not giving up, I'm not going to stop. That's trust. After... Lynn's death, and I'm closing. Mary said, Rod, I said, Mary, we've got to take a sabbatical. I've got to take three months off. I'm grieving too much. I said, Rod, we can't. We can't stop. If we stay home three months, we will die. That's how much we love you. Two weeks later, I was preaching the good news in West Texas, going through the storms of life. Holy Spirit touching, touching where no man can touch him. Heal every hurt, heal every wound. And God, you have not discredited him. You're affirming him right now that he's not a bastard. He's not a reject. He's your son. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you a daddy's hug or granddaddy's. I'm old enough to be. Love you.
love people. Just devil old played his hand when he killed my daughter. I got such a great capacity just to love people. I just want to hug people and tell them everything's going to work out. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. And he saved me. Let's stand on our feet. Uh, I'd like for the, uh, I'd like for Brother Keith Hodges and his wife to come stand with me. I'd like for Marco to come stand with me. I'd like for the elders of the church and their wives to come stand up here as a prayer team. If they're in here, I know some of them are, are checking out the outsides and looking around, but if your husband's not here, uh, the wife can come. I mean, love Curtis and Diane. Aren't they great people? I saw Lisa in here. Where are you at, Lisa? There, there she comes. Horace is out there roaming, making sure nobody hurts me. Horace loves me. I tell you, when a man like Forrest comes to me and says, I love you, I, that, that's real. Forrest don't joke around. Isn't his wife beautiful? Okay, if you're at the place of sweet surrender today, that God, you're going to say today, I'm coming to this altar, and I'm just going to trust you. We're just going to quickly lay hands. I may get a word. Marco may, we, we may get a word for somebody, but i got to leave here in the next 10 minutes, so I can't stay too long. But if you you want to come to the altar of trust, I want you to come up here. In fact, if I were you, I'd run up here and, and say, Jesus, you got me now. Sweet surrender. Just come up here and lift up your hands and surrender to him. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Hey, Jennifer. Jennifer, you just can't ever get enough. I got a lot of needs. Yeah, I know. You've got Stephen as your big burden. Yeah. <laughs> just come up here and lift up your hands. Okay, uh, anybody else needs to come up here? We need to spread out a little bit. Just like everybody on this side. I must have preached more toward this side than that side. Let's come, let's move out here in a in row because we're going to, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're going to move right now. You're going to move. You're going to come upon these people right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We're going to say a, we're going to say a prayer in a minute. Marco, you see anybody you want to lay hands on and pray over, go ahead and do it. Same with the rest of the prayer team. You see, I see a couple, and then we're going to pray a general prayer. In Jesus' name. It, are, are you with a man? Who, who is he? Oh, that's your man. And that's your son? He, yeah. Hey, hey, what the enemy has meant to harm y'all, it's over with. It's over with right now. It's over with. Because you've been faithful, the Lord said, I'm more. And even when you have not been faithful, God has been faithful. And his eyes are upon the righteous. His eyes are upon your husband and upon you right now. And his ears are open up to your, your cry right now. So whatever it is. Just what you you just begin to cry out to him and say, Jesus, I surrender. Trust means sweet surrender. Jesus, we anoint them. We anoint them. The same anointing I preach with, I release it upon this generation. In Jesus' name. Love y'all. Jennifer, I love you. I love you. Yeah, I just think you're so wonderful. I'd like to take you back.
Steve could stay, but you could come back. <laughs> Just lift up your hands. I got to go. I got to go. Somebody, give, give me your hand, Emory. Put it on her belly. The Lord said, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I love her. I met her yesterday. The Lord said, out of this belly, it's not just a river going to flow. It's rivers. Rivers are going to flow. There's already a river of joy, but more is coming. A river a river of wisdom is going to begin to flow out of you. For the Lord said, I put a prophetic anointing on you. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom is living in you. And it's your time to start releasing it in Jesus' name. You, there's a prophetic thing. You're a psalmist. Uh, you're a worshiper, but you're a psalmist. It goes deeper than just being a songster. You are. A, you and your husband are psalmist, and out of you, the prophetic word's going to flow. The Lord says you're going to bring hope to the hopeless, life to the lifeless. The Lord, I believe I'm hearing this. You are a messenger of hope in this hour, and I anoint that. I seal that this morning. So, Father, all these folks up here that are surrendering, Sweet surrender. It's sweet surrender now. It's sweet. Old things are now passing away. It's sweet. All unbelief and all doubt is leaving you. It's sweet surrender. It's sweet surrender. And the Lord says, I brought you together for such a time as this. You're not to be in the back seat. You're coming up to the front seat in Jesus' name. An example couple in the body of Christ. Jesus, a new day, a new hour, a new hour. Father, you're going to take this gruff guy and you're going to make him a gentle giant for the glory of God. And together, they're going to be dynamite. Batman and Robinette are going to flow together. We receive that. Receive, Billy, receive a new day. A new day, Laura. You're such a sweetheart. Billy, a new hour. I see, I see opportunities opening up that weren't there. God's going to open up doors for you now. I decree Jehovah Shammah, the Lord's your favor. You're going to have favor in whatever you do. Young man, there's a teachable heart in you. There's a heart that wants to know the glory of God. You're glory hungry. You're a glory hunter. And it's coming to this church. And you're going to be part of the lead of it. In Jesus' name, ma'am, what the enemy has meant to destroy you, God's going to turn it now. In Jesus' name. You're God's girl. You say, well, I'm a nobody. No, you're somebody because Christ is in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, sir. In Jesus' name. May the Holy Spirit envelop you. May he... May he take full possession of you. We talk about demon possession. I release Holy Spirit possession upon you in this hour. A teacher in the house of the Lord. Two teachers in the house of the Lord. I put a gift of teaching on the inside of both of you to release the word of God. You're two shotguns in the house. You're not rifles. You're shotguns. You're going to blast the devil out of people. God's called you to be deliverers in the house of the Lord to set people, people free of demonic oppression and to bring healing to the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Love you. I won't see you again until next year. And I, I love Steve. I love you I love more. You. you don't mind me loving your wife more than you do. Yeah, I love you, Steve. Love you. Father, in Jesus' name now, Holy Spirit, pour out yourself upon your people. God loves you. God cares about you. He knows about you. He's got your back. Every one of you, a new day. I hugged you earlier, young man. It's a new day for you. New day for you. And a promotion is coming. Promotion is coming from the Lord in Jesus' name. Stephen, Sandy, I, I appreciate your, your heart for the Lord. God, I release a prophetic anointing upon them to, to bring the prophetic to the sons and daughters, that our sons and daughters will prophesy that you're going to bring the prophetic to them. 
I release that prophetic mantle that's on me. I release it upon them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you. I thank you for this couple. What a beautiful wife. And you're okay. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the glory of God upon them in Jesus' name. And I've met you before. Yeah. Yeah, you got a beard on you now. What's, yeah. what, what's your name? Jonathan. Big John. Big John. Yeah. Big John and, and little John. <laughs> Holy Spirit, anoint them. And I'm going to do that on you. That prophetic mantle you gave me at my calling. And I, I'm going to release. There's a father thing on you that's starting to develop. I release that father anointing upon you to be a pillar here, to be a father to many. And, and you've got such a great heart to be a mother, a pillar in the house. Who hit you here? Not your husband. Okay, Jesus, touch her deep, touch her long. Remove all the wrong. God, God, let her know. I just hear this, a vessel of joy in the house of the Lord. Joy bell. Let, let it ring. Let it ring. People will come to the sound of joy. They don't want despair. They want joy. You're a joy bell in the house. In Jesus' name. I love you. Well, I was preaching in a church in, in Houston, Texas, two or three weeks ago. I buried a pastor's wife, and I did the, hold my hand, Pastor Beck. My legs are getting weak. And uh, they had a lady sitting out there, and every point I hit, well. So is there anybody in here that can say that word, well? Well. So help your pastor out when he preaches, say, well, when he hits the I want to say all is well, but not in hell. And all is well with me. I'm in a storm, but I know God has the last word on it. And I want to give God a shout. Can I give God a shout? You mind? Hallelujah! Jesus! Come on, Jesus. Let's give a shout to the Lord. Amen. Brother Rod, thank you, sir. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. How many glad you showed up to church today? Come on, somebody.